Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, the jocular Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm feeling jocular. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ready to mm-hmm. roll on another week of Giant Cocktails? Feeling good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm feeling pretty good. Are you feeling jocular? I always feel jocular, my friend. And and just so we're clear, you don't mean like like Jock Peterson jocular. Oh, uh, n- no. 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 But, you know, when I wrote the, the, the title to the episode that we had when he was signed, I was feeling very jocular. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you have to be jocking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have to be joking. <laughs> that was our big free agent signing of last year, Matthew. He was the he Michael was the Conforto m- of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, well, hey, uh, you know, it didn't turn out so bad. So maybe Mr. Conforto will uh will will be an all-star and uh you know and and crush uh opposite pitch right, hitting, right? right? And know. then and then disappear for the month of August? Sure. Maybe <laughs> maybe you'll throw on some beads. I don't know. Yeah. Jock, where did you go, buddy? <laughs> we all have our down days. Yeah, we all have our down months. Yes. We all have our down... You know, I've had I'm several down, down de- months, I got to tell you, so... I'm on a down decade right now, man, so what are you going <laughs> to... What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, uh, yeah, all right. Well, okay, okay, okay. So everybody wants to know, Matthew. Yeah. And I'm assuming, you know, we got some younger listeners. We got some listeners who are like, books? Books schmooks, you know? Matthew, here's my question for you okay. for, the, for the week. Do you know what jocular means? <laughs> I actually do. I mean, it's like humorous, right? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, and and I don't, yeah. I do feel like I I've got a pretty good vocabulary. You know, you do your best to kind of you know Google your way to like making people think you have a big vocabulary. But uh, you know, every now and then I can pull a word out of my hat. I'm doing what every high schooler has done on their college essays from for time immemorial oh my son included you should have seen how obsequious his uh his his essay was i don't even know what obsequious was means but but uh i'm sure he used it i'm sure he used it in his essay (laughs) yeah i just go to thesaurus.com yeah i mean the kid has he's got interviews with penn and stanford coming up so maybe the 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 wordy Mm -hmm. essay did him well Mm -hmm. i don't know Yeah, yeah, nice humble brag. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I will keep him. I will keep his ego in check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, know, he hasn't gotten in. I mean, you know, he's probably going to go to San Diego State yeah. or something. But uh, yeah, you know. Penn, Penn. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's a state that's school. Like the Ivy. You know, that's... that's the Ivy. It's the Ivy Safety School. <laughs> it is public education at its finest. <laughs> wow. Anyway, sorry. Let's see. Uh, well, anyway, today is Wednesday, January eleventh. As we record this podcast, um, let's see what has happened for the San Francisco Giants 
Uh, oh, they signed Luke Jackson. Good old Luke. Mm-hmm. Cool hand mm-hmm. Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good, which is good. I mean, they, they added to the pitching staff, um, which we're going to talk about later in the show. And what's also good is that he was injured all of last year, so we know he fits right into the Giants' um, uh, criteria for being a, a, a selection. You know, they saved money on him because he's a good bargain. That's right. Yeah, the, you know, they don't want to. Um, you know, they don't want to get like crazy on injured athletes. So, like Correa, right, they just right. got to go for the the bargain basement right. ones. Right. The guys have been injured for an entire year. Exactly. Well, they've had a whole year to heal. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Is really the way you got to look at it. They've got less mileage on the on the treads. That's right. That's right. And 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 how else can you be the fifth most valuable team in baseball, but have the twelfth highest payroll if you are giving out big contracts? Right. It's got to be fiscally fiscally responsible, Ben. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. If Charles Johnson and his brother. You know, a, a glass Me. from Walmart holds just as much water as a glass from Tiffany's, Ben, okay? That's that's, that's right. That's right. And how else are Larry and all those other guys going to get rich, richer, <laughs> if if they're not uh, just, you know, milking the old San Francisco Giants cash cow, you know? Uh, but anyway, you have a question for me. I do. And the rest of our listeners. Trivia time, Ben. Trivia, Trivia time. time. Mm-hmm. What? No. Let's start over. Who did the Giants trade to acquire Jeff Kent and three other players from the Cleveland Indians before the 1997 season? Mm. And I know you know this one. I definitely know this one, uh, without a doubt. Like, yes. And and when I was searching through, you know, possible questions, I got to admit, I kind of, you know, I mean, when I was reminded of the answer, I was like, oh, yes, of course. But I had kind of forgotten this little bit of nugget, so and I think maybe some other people did too, and so it might be an interesting uh, answer at the end of the episode. Uh, so God willing, we remember to tell you. If not, just Google it. And and you're confirming it is a who, not a what. So it's not. It wasn't like a six pack of beer. No, oh no, it was way better than a six pack of beer. <laughs> it's definitely way better than a six pack of beer. It was as a very as a monumental trade. It's a good trade. No cheating, folks. No cheating. You can't go look this up on Baseball Reference or you know Google. I and I know all you kids these days go into Chat GPT. And and like yeah, tell me blah, 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 blah. you know what the Chat GPT is not very good at sequencing dates. Yeah, and uh, so it might get you the wrong answer. Chat GPT will lie to you just like Wikipedia will lie to you. It'll it, mm. it'll write you a heck of a case statement for your YMCA though. I'll tell you. <laughs> wow, wow, nice. Yeah, pretty impressive. Good. To- <clears throat> There you go, Matthew. Leveraging technology. That's right. Just like a good good, good Gen X. Exactly. Exactly. Been leveraging it my entire adult life. That's right. Uh, well, uh, what else do we... What do we do at this time of the show, Matthew? We usually talk about drinking. <gasps> That's my favorite part. Mine too. No, I mean... I'm, I've like well, drinking the, half the, my cocktail by now, so... No, no, yeah, me too. We we did a lot of we did a lot of work. We did. We're working on we're working on season three, folks. Season three coming at you. We're working on it. We're working a little bit. 
I was gonna say hard, but that's not true. Not really hard. Um, yeah, just... yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to, I, I just do want to correct myself and to make myself clear. I don't mean that talking about the drink is my favorite part of the show. Drinking the drink is your favorite. Part drinking of the, show. the drink is my favorite part of the show. And we all that's know right. that. That's then. right. By the end of the episode, okay. we know how much you okay. love that part. Look, look, you can't have drunken rants if you're not drunk. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Matthew. <laughs> that's true. But it's right there. It's right there in our description of our show. It is. It is. So, I, you know, I'm, I have to be reminded of that every now and then. You're right. You're right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And on that, and on that note, Bob, ask me the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I, this week, am drinking a... Well, I got a lot of mint, Bob. I got a lot of mint. And so I had to make a cocktail that has mint in it. But as we all know, I, I, I'm trying to stay in the tiki world. But I have been studying tiki for quite a while. And I believe now that I have moved on to the stage where I can start creating or modifying cocktails to make them tiki-like. So what I've done today is I have taken a mojito and turned it into a tiki-like uh, beverage. And we also know that I like to travel to volcanic islands. And if you listened last year, or early, well, I guess, when was that? Late June. Everyone will know that I went to Iceland and I acquired some blueberry liqueur there. And I didn't drink it all yet. And, you know, you can't let a liqueur sit around for too long. You, you got you to gotta finish it. So today I am drinking a blueberry motico. Motico? Motico. Is this uh, a, a common name that you can find somewhere? No, no. This is a, uh, this is a name that my wife made up for my mojito. Uh, so yeah, so I have a blueberry mojito. What did I do to make it tiki-like? Well, one, I added a little bit of a fruit flavor. That's from the blueberry, not your standard tiki flavor, but hey, you know, if you got it in your bar, you do what you, what you need to do. And, uh, and I couldn't use the prickly pear syrup because I did that like last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was. So, uh, and then I took the one rum and I split it into two different kinds of rum. Of course. And boom, you got a tiki cocktail. Boom. So, what's in it? Well, I have one ounce of Demerara rum, one ounce of aged pot distilled Jamaican rum, Zaymaka by Plantation, uh, and then one ounce simple syrup, and then uh, 12 mint leaves, and then three quarters of an ounce of, of lime juice. And, and what you do is you build this cocktail in your glass that you're going to serve it in. Okay, so you get, I usually like to do a highball. Today I'm actually using like a, a Mexican glass kind of, um, I don't know, just drinking glass, yeah? Yeah. And um, so what I do is I take the simple syrup and I pour that into the glass and then I toss in all of my mint leaves. And then I muddle that with a muddler. If your muddler, like my muddler comes with these little spikes on the bottom. Uh, so I gently press those in to the leaves to kind of get a little bite into them. So they, you know, they color and they tear a little bit, which helps release the mint oils into the, into the syrup. You don't want to overdo this because eventually that will become bitter. Mm. Uh, but you want to do enough to release the mint into the simple syrup. 
if you don't have a muddler with with uh, that kind of like pointy ends on it, you can just do a little twisting, a little gentle twisting, which will tear the leaves. Uh, and then I put in um, uh, the rest of my ingredients. And then I fill that with crushed ice, maybe about halfway. And I stir it vigorously until the outside becomes frosty. And then I top that off with a little bit more crushed ice to fill the glass to the top and throw either a mint sprig or some more mint leaves on top. And, uh, and then I enjoy, and it is, it is very, very tasty. Um, uh, so yeah, there you have it. The blueberry motico. I like it. I like how you're getting a little, you know, mix and match there with your tiki, you know, no more just following a recipe. Now you're kind of branching out on your own. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, instead of simple syrup, could you have gone with like your favorite ogre eats or, or jat? (laughs) You know, syrup? Uh, well, I mean, you, I could have. I could have. And that certainly would have taken me more into tiki to tiki land. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't have any orjat, believe it or not, really? with all of my tiki experiments. Really? You know what I haven't made yet? I haven't made a Mai Tai yet. Oh, that's true. You have not. So so I definitely need to do that. And I need to get some orjat syrup to do that. Um uh, orjat folks is also known as ogre eat. So if you don't, yeah. it's not, we just do that. But, but you know, I don't want you going out to your bar and be like, Hey, give me some ogre eat. Cause then they'll look at you really weird. Uh, but orjat is a, uh, is a syrup that's made with uh, almonds and, and, uh, come on, Matthew. I want to hear bartenders around the country or at least around Manteca saying, why is everybody asking for ogre eat syrup? <laughs> Our one listener you know? will be out in that bartender. Uh, <laughs> so confused. Uh, no, that would actually be a, a really good, a really good shift. I I don't know how the almond and blueberry would work together. Um, I mean, I think I don't think they're necessarily they would hurt each other, but I don't think they're necessarily complementary. So that actually might be another difference that yeah, I would do. Is I right, would just right, I would yeah. I would I would you stay with the simple. I would I would go with the the orjat and. Um, and then uh, and keep everything else the same, but keep mixing the rums. You got to mix the rums, otherwise you're not tiki, right? Right. I mean, a big part of tiki is just saying tiki as you make the drink, <laughs> over and so over. That's again. what I do, over and over on tiki. Kind of like the tiki, the tiki, tiki hut at Disneyland. Tiki, tiki. That's right in the tiki tiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's tiki probably, room, it's probably isn't it? the, hut. the, the tiki. tiki room. Well, I like the tiki hut. <laughs> <laughs> in the tiki hut, in the tiki hut, 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 tiki hut. Oh, wow. All right. I missed my calling. <laughs> anyway, Bob, save me. What are you drinking, Matthew? Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Don't know where that was going. I regret asking about Orjat now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm going to keep mine simple. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy looking at different sours uh, and you know there's some very simple ones out there one of the most simplest is a sour called the gold rush and it's uh, bourbon lemon juice and honey syrup and very simple uh, but really good and and this Christmas Santa in my stocking left me one of those little sampler bottles of Mike's hot honey and so I decided to oh, make yeah, a yeah. spicy gold rush today uh, using uh, my Mike's spicy honey. So take a couple tablespoons of honey and you mix it with about a tablespoon of uh, hot water 
and you mix that into a syrup. And then, uh, then you take an ounce of that and combine it with two ounces of bourbon and an ounce of lemon juice. And you shake it in a cocktail shaker until nice and cold. And then you strain it into a rocks glass. I happen to garnish mine with a red chili pepper, a dried red chili pepper. And it's a, it got a little kick to it, just enough to be like punch in the, in the throat a little bit. Uh, really tasty drink. And I'm, I'm really, you know, I too branched out a little bit, you know, and, and went beyond just the traditional recipe. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. So I today am drinking the Spicy Gold Rush. And I might add that it's an appropriate time of year with the 49ers going to the playoffs, you know, to you know, make yourself a gold rush while the Niners are playing. I was going to ask you, is that a pretty good gold rush? It is. It is, Ben. It's a pretty, it's pretty, it's it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, well, that actually, I, that is one of my favorite cocktails, and I think adding in the the spicy the spicy honey is a is a genius a genius move. Thank you, um, thank you. I'll I'll yeah. take it. Next week, you can say you're sitting next to the genius Matthew Henry. Like as your word at the beginning, <laughs> like like genius Matthew. No, no, mm, no. Uh, that was worth a shot. All right, all I right. gave you jocular. I gave you jocular. I, you this did, week. and I was really surprised. A that I knew the word, and B that it was actually complimentary. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I was surprised that you knew the word too. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, not really. I mean, I was hoping you didn't, but I, I was kind of. Yeah, he probably knows what this one means. He's read books. Before. A few. A few. <laughs> Um, uh, well, that sounds like a very lovely cocktail. Uh, you know, it makes me think of football, which makes me think of hut and which makes me think of tiki hut in the hut, 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 tiki hut. No, no, maybe no. we, maybe we should make that our music oh, for season, season three. three music, the tiki hut music yeah. coming in. Yeah. Tiki, tiki People hut would music. turn off the right as soon as they heard it. We, they wouldn't even get past the first 30 seconds. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I have another word for you for next year. I mean, you could, you know, devastatingly handsome Matthew Henry. <laughs> devastatingly handsome. Yes, because mm. I feel like I would be one of the top most handsome managers in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Unlike Gabe Kapler, who is only the 12th most handsome manager in Major League Baseball. Uh... uh... First of all, uh, I like how unpretentious you are. Um, so so self-effacing. Sorry, I'm I'm in my I'm in synonym. I'm in thesaurus.com right now. Uh, but uh, okay, okay, I'm confused here, Matthew. Um, what? What? Uh, yeah, you're probably asking what, right? So I'm scrolling Twitter as one does, and somebody had retweeted this uh, some publication. Um, Actually, looking at it, it's gambling.com. Put out this uh, thing of the most handsome MLB managers of 2023. At Giant Cocktails on Twitter, we retweeted it today. So you can go check that out for yourself if you'd like. And it was kind of a list of the top ranked uh, by beauty score. Uh, And I think they did it through like facial recognition software. Like so, a Mm. computer decided who was the most handsome. And Mm. uh, uh, that's all I know. But what I also know is that our man Gabe Kapler was ranked 12th behind people like Buck Showalter, who was number one, Terry Francona, <laughs> uh, you know, Scott Service, who I believe was a catcher. You know, no catcher is ever going to be the most handsome. He, Bruce Bochy 
was even higher, I believe, than than uh, Gabe. So just just not really sure what was okay, going on. Okay, when you there. say this was done by a computer or an AI or with facial recognition, are you sure this just wasn't somebody's grandma? Because this sounds like somebody's grandma did this. I mean, Buck Showalter. I, yeah, and Buck Showalter. I, and also, I, I know, I know. I, I don't know how, to, and I, I just, I actually misspoke. Bruce was way down there. Bruce was like number 20, uh, 27th, like an old catcher should be, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so, yeah. so apologies to Kapler for ranking, saying Bochi was better, but, uh, but still, 12? I, that's some, that's some, that's some horse, that's some horse pucky. It, it, I mean, that's BS. Listen, Ben, listen, our baseball man- team is going to be 12th best in Major League Baseball, <laughs> but damn it, our manager is the most handsome one. There you go with your optimism. <laughs> well, you think 12 is too high? It's 15th or I think it's 15, Matthew. I think it's really 15. Kind of like, isn't that where they were this year? 15. Oh, you're right. They are maybe a couple wins better. They are. Okay. Hey, man, we okay. got Michael Conforto. Four. And and now 14th. we're going to, that's worse at least two or three wins. Four, 14th best team in baseball. But, but I will tell you what, yes. And Gabe Kapler cannot do the X's and O's, you know. Uh, but know, that wasn't what this was about, Ben. No, this is this about is the handsome BS. man. This is this is some BS. Be Gabe outraged, Kapler Ben. Is... Be outraged. Be Gabe. I am outraged. <laughs> Gabe Kapler is easily one of the top five, if not top three. I'm I going mean, all out. He's number one in my book, man. I, you know, I mean, have you seen his beard? Have you seen his? Have you seen the man's beard? Impeccable impeccable like they have those close-up shots of him in the hallway outside you know when there's when he's with the reporters and all you can look at is that fine detailed line that's cut into his beard and how every single hair on his beard is like going the right direction and just amazing and the sheen and the sheen and and have you and have you seen him when he's wearing the tan and the and the and the and the you know the the tight-fitting shirts right when he's wearing oh absolutely i mean the guy's cut like a like a, I mean, like a, like a lemon, I don't man. know. I don't know when the man spends time thinking about baseball because he spends way too much time working on his beard and pumping the weights and I guess at the tan salon. You know what? He's probably got a bed in his own apartment, right? He's got a tan yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. You don't apartment. need to go to the salon when you make it bank like he is. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I don't know. That to me sounds like somebody just picked names out of a hat. I mean, Bruce Bochy down at number twenty-seven. Yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> okay, no offense, Bruce, but uh, well, they couldn't fit the head a, inside the photo. Buck Showalter, like Buck Showalter, like maybe in the seventies, right? Like, I it, Dusty Baker was like in the top ten. I don't get me wrong, Dusty's a fine-looking man, but he's, I, wow. I am I'm shocked and appalled and I'm offended. I'm offended on behalf of our manager, you know, cuz look, if we are nothing if we aren't rich and good looking. <laughs> That's right. That's and, all we got, man. That's all we all got. That's all we got. We got we got and we are smart, we are rich and we are good looking. And we play mediocre baseball. That's who we are. So don't come in here and telling me we're mediocre at good looking. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, we probably could spend too much more time talking about this, but I just felt like it was something that we had to we had to really bring up because you know that's 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 cutting edge off season news for you right there. <laughs> 
we really are in the darkest part of the season. <laughs> there are no more good free agents to sign. Carlos Correa finally is off the block. We we for real folks for real passed a physical somewhere. The man passed a physical. Yes, nobody and was it happier. It wasn't with than... the Rockies. No, right? I mean, the Rockies were like, oh, like I mean, you know, they were they were thinking they got a shot. <laughs> yeah, they were still too stoned. <laughs> They're probably just, they they're just they're... figuring out that Carlos Correa was still on the market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought he signed with yeah, the Giants but, like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> so so he's gone right now. It's like now we're looking for like, you know, guys who've been hurt for a year. So, I mean, hey, hey it's it's like it's it's feast for Farhan. This, yes, this is the exciting this time. Is like, this Farhan. is where Farhan's like, this is the time of the season I've been waiting for. Finally, I get to do my real work. <laughs> Give me the bargains. Oh. He's like he's like un, he's like unbuttoning his he's undoing his belt, right? Well, like at the Thanksgiving day, dinner table, he's like, yeah. Speaking of belts, oh, yeah. End of an era, Captain. End of an era. End of an era. And uh, and then there was one. You know, one old player left from the World Series championship teams. And uh, Brandon Belt this week signed with the Toronto Blue Jays on a one-year, $9.3 million contract, which, good for him, man. You know, like, and and what's great about the move to going to Toronto is that he doesn't have to be the guy. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero's like their, you know, regular first yeah. baseman. He's going to, you know, he's going to crush right-handers. He's going to... He's gonna play a little little first base to spell Guerrero, and whatever he can give them is, is what they'll take. They don't need him to be the the number one guy, and uh, uh, so I think it's a good fit for him. And yeah, you know, and I'm glad that he's in the American League, so we don't have to to worry about him too much. Yeah, and I I gotta believe he's a better defensive option than Guerrero. I mean, I know he's significantly older, but Guerrero's got all those muscles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, those get in you the know, way. And, those get in the way. Yeah, they, they definitely do get in the way, right? Like of your of your diving and your running fast. Um, That's why I don't have so any. I, yeah, I don't want my muscles to get in the way, so I just I just got rid of them. Yeah, well, you know, if I had muscles, there wouldn't be any room for my fat. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, so you know, you would need extra. Your pants would get even bigger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. <laughs> Who wants that? Uh, yeah, no, I mean. End of an era for sure. I I think. I think one of the things that 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 I think fits the mold for this offseason, though, with Brandon Belt is, I did hear that the Giants expressed interest, <laughs> but weren't willing enough to move quickly enough, and the Blue Jays were just really aggressive and wanted to get the job done. So Belt felt like, okay, this is a really good offer. I'm I'm going to take it. Yeah. And uh, and it sounds to me like, yep, yeah, stereotypical Giants. Like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know that the Giants ever really had a serious intent of, of bringing Belt back, but they said they did. Right. They said numerous times that he was an option. It was very counter to what they were saying they wanted to do by getting younger and more athletic. But they said they were interested in him. And then apparently they let him know that, too. But then they hemmed and hawed too long. And he's a Blue Jay. Well, and and I guess we'll see at the end of this year whether that was a good decision or not. I, I mean, I, I kind of understand why they'd want to move on. I mean, I think 
you know, he hasn't been um, very reliable, uh, you know, over the last couple of years and, uh, you know, got hurt at the worst time during their 107 win season, you know, at the last, you know, last month yeah. of the season. Um, you know, arguably, if he if he's healthy in the playoffs, you know, we, we, we might beat the Dodgers in that, in that series. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. So I, you know, I, I think I wish him the best, uh, love him. I mean, you know, I tweeted out a photo of me dressed as, as belt, uh, for Halloween, uh, when, and, you know, I love the guy, I, you know, the captain yeah. and, uh, he'll, he'll be a forever giant. And, uh, you know, one of these days they'll, they'll honor him, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, we'll be there, but, uh, just, uh, yeah. End of an era. Just, you know, End of an era. I, you know, yeah, I definitely, he, he's been one of my favorites, right? You know, I think both of you, both you and I fall on the uh, pro belt on the, in the belt wars. Um, I, I think what really just, I agree that I, I, I don't think he should have come back to the Giants. Like I, but I, I think what I'm saying is about the Giants organization is they probably should have said that too. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not said anything. Right. I, I, it's funny of, you say that because I feel like a lot of this offseason wouldn't have been as painful if Farhan had just kept his mouth shut at the beginning of the offseason. You know, he did. He, he's the one that went on uh, out and said, we've got a lot of money to spend and we're going to spend. There's no one on the market that could that could uh, that could could outspend us and all that. Right. There's no one that we can we can't we can't afford. And then, you know, so he maybe he should just stay away from the press. You know, going forward, because, you know, now, uh, you know, our hopes were up and everyone had high expectations because he went out and said it. So, yeah, you're right. You know, he just keeps saying things that maybe he should just keep to himself. Or maybe he should uh, do what he says. OK, that too. That too. That too. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he should just quit. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. Um well, maybe they should just fire him. Maybe, maybe. Uh, you know who else? On, you're speaking of the Belt Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who's on the other side of the Belt Wars. Anti Belt. Yes. Um, mm, uneducated half baseball fans. Exactly. Named Aubrey Huff. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey. Yes, you know Aubrey. You know. Uh, uh, Aubrey helped us win the two the first World Series in two thousand. Uh, sorry, in San Francisco history in two thousand ten. Yeah, yes, yeah. that Aubrey, and uh, and then ended up losing his uh, his starting first base position to Brandon Belt in two thousand twelve, uh, mm, and uh, and then never played again after two thousand twelve. Are you suggesting that Mr. Huff is bitter? I am suggesting that because he put out a tweet that said, "Hey, if you have a daughter that hit two thirteen with you know uh, last year, uh, you could make nine point three million dollars with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays." And uh, and then he quickly deleted the tweet. But you know how Twitter is; you know they, those live yeah, forever. Yeah. No. And- once you once you've tweeted something, it, it's 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 forever. Especially if you're famous. Yes. Somebody's right? screenshotting that. Somebody is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. Well, if 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 my daughter uh, could hit two thirteen with how many home runs? I, like, I don't know. Year? I don't know. He said something like nine whatever. home runs or whatever. But uh, she'd be world famous. Totally. And uh, and uh, I would definitely be on the payroll. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that would be pretty cool, actually. Um, no offense. I've seen your daughter. Uh, I don't think she could hit one out. <laughs> hey, easy, <laughs> easy. She agrees, but still. 
she's a wee one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's also, sports not really her thing. No, know? no. She's got other talents yeah. for sure. She's an artist. Yes. She's yes. an artist. Yeah. Right. Um, well, uh, wow. Wow. Aubrey, still? I mean, look, I know, I know Huff's got a reputation and, and he likes to, he likes to, you know, he's, he's a little bit, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's far out there on the political spectrum, let's say. Yes. Right. And, and, and I, I don't want to antagonize people and get too far into it, but the man's extreme and he's, he's got some extreme views. And he was just but... let back on to Muskland. You know, like he had been banned from Muskland oh, for a while. Huff had been banned? Yes. And so like. He'd been that naughty? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Wow. 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 And I know he's definitely clear he's got a gender thing around around baseball, which is weird. But I think what he did here was he took a shot at a player who like I mean to like ten years ago. There's a lot of took th- his there's job. a lot of guys, yeah, <laughs> ten years ago took your job. I mean, I think that's probably where everybody was like this wasn't any of those things. You're just being petty. You're just being. It wasn't a good look just... for Mr. Huff. No, yes. no. I mean, there's like, there's no way this looks any. This is not good. I mean, I guess if you're, I guess if you're really anti-belt, and and you don't care about any of the other things of of Huff's reputation, or you're pro that, then maybe you're on his side here. But there's only one of them, right? And I think his name is Aubrey Huff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I didn't even know if I wanted to bring him up because, you know, he's such a, you know, loser. But, um, you know, whatever. Uh, Thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, Anyway, we should probably move on. There were other things. There were other things that happened Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. this week. Uh, You know, Correa did sign. The only thing that I want to say about that was that the contract that he signed was an interesting one. It was, you know, six years, 200 million guaranteed. A lot of money up front. And then the last six years, he's got these options if he hits the number of at, like 550 at bats or whatever, or plate appearances mm-hmm. probably. Uh, oh, and 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 each year, if he meets that, he gets another option year added on. But the contract gets smaller; it goes from like 25 million to like 15 to 10 to five or whatever for the last years. So he gets a lot of money up front with the chance to earn more later, only if he's healthy. Uh, and I'm just left to wonder: like, couldn't the Giants have? offered something like that and uh, you know uh, granted it seemed like things moved quickly after the Giants were kind of uh, you know it seems like uh, Correa and 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 Boris moved quickly on and maybe the Giants didn't have an opportunity but it seems like the Giants could have could have done some creative that a work around that don't you think I don't know listen listen I think Farhan Zaidi's time is over like you know, and again, this is not about Carlos Correa. This is about all the things that didn't happen before Correa, right? You know, you put yourself into a position where it was, um, you know, Correa or bust, right? For the for the last five years, and now the only good thing you can say is, "Hey, we have enough money for Soto or Otani." You guys aren't going to get those guys either, right? Because you suck and you can't get anybody. Uh, but. Okay, so I'm anti. I'm anti Zaidi, right? Like I am, you know. I am not. I'm not fond of that man. I'm not fond of the decisions he's making. But I think in that situation, I think you're right. I think at that point in time, that the Giants were not given the opportunity. I think the strategy from Boris and from Correa's camp was act like those guys are crazy. 
Yeah. You know, and and therefore that means you cannot possibly sign with the Giants. Um, assuming that you could get another deal done, because it also does seem to me like like their camp really believed there's no problem here. At first, right? right. Then, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and even with the Mets, right? Right. That's what I mean. And, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, I mean, they went so, running to the Mets, like, "Hey, there's no problem. Give us a big contract." Yeah, and and so I think they really believed that. So I think they really wanted to shut the Giants out um, to kind of combat this this idea that there was something wrong. Um, you know, I think I think there was something wrong. I think the doctors that that work for the Giants and the Mets both saw the same thing and were concerned about it. Um, you know, the twins obviously saw it, too. And we're like, you know, but we're like, hey, but he's been playing and performing fine. So let's create a, you know, but I think at that point, um, I guess the real question is, why couldn't the Mets have done that? I think the Giants were. I think that that that. It was a clean break there. I think the Giants had no shot. And I think that was probably because of Boris and Correa. Now, after the Mets thing fell apart, maybe they could have jumped back in. But I think at that point, the Giants were not interested. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I do think the Giants weren't interested because they'd moved on, right? They'd already allocated right. some money towards you know, Conforto and, you know, they and Taylor Rogers and all that. So, yeah. so you know, the, the money that they had earmarked, they were spending yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's probably and, it. I think that's probably it. I think I think after Correa, like after they after they it was done, I don't think the Giants had had any choices to any ability to get back in. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm not going to you know, and 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 I think probably the Giants probably did want to renegotiate something like that, and were trying to come up with a plan. They probably weren't very good at communicating that <laughs> to Boris and to Correa, which sounds like a major problem within this organization. Like communication is not their strong point, as you have already pointed out in this very episode. Like communication, not good with them. Um, and and I think the Giants were considering, like, what can we do? And I think they probably eventually would have come up with an idea like what the Twins did. But would have Correa have taken that? I don't think he would have. Like, and I, and I think after that, it was zero chance that the Giants would have gotten him. I think he needed to go through the experience with the Mets to realize that the best deal he could get was something like the Twins. And at that point, the Giants were then, like you said, committed somewhere else. So yeah. I think I think it just worked out in a way that this wasn't ideal for the Giants to, to sign him when when they discovered this problem. Um, and so on that note, I will say that, yes, I think the Giants are vindicated. I think they made the right decision based on the information that they had from trained experts within their own organization. Um, but I still want I still want Zaidi fired. Okay. okay. This is not about Correa. All right. All right. Well, are, are do you want Zaidi fired because... He gets excited about uh, pitchers like Luke Jackson, who the si- the Giants signed. Uh, oh man! You know, I, I you you look at at the available free agents, and at this point in the offseason, you're really you're really trying to find that diamond in the rough, right? I mean, you're you're trying to kind of figure out which guy is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck, and you could go for the middle of the road reliever that's kind of been okay. Or you could go for the guy that was lights out two years ago, but just so happened to have Tommy John surgery after that and miss an entire season. And and when I say lights out, I, I say in traditional numbers, Luke Jackson in 2021 was amazing. He had a 1.98 ERA. His, his ERA plus was 220. 
So 120% above league average. But his field independent pitching, on the other hand, was 3.66. Not terrible. His, in, his, in, his independent field, field, field independent the, pitching. In the what? Field independent he's pitching. Feeling himself, he's feeling himself where? <laughs> One of those fancy stats, Ben. Keep up. Okay. Oh. It, which uh, factors in defense. And, uh, and and you know, so so his... Or factors it out. It actually, factors yes, out defense. Out defense. Yeah. And uh, so his ERA then was 3.66. So... His FIP, I should say, and so which which indicates that his ERA wasn't as great as as it looked on paper, uh, but nonetheless, a solid re- uh, relief pitcher in 2021 helped uh, helped the Braves uh, win a World Championship, and uh, and then was injured all of last year. So uh, yeah, similar to John Brebbia, I think a few years ago when Brebbia was coming back from surgery and they signed him and he spent half the year on the IL before coming back and then took a while after that to really kind of find his footing. And, you know, last year was much better than than mm-hmm. than, than the year before. I, I kind of see a similar thing, right? Here's a guy that's uh, going to be rehabbing through spring training in the first part of the season and won't be available until probably mid-year. Uh, but... We've got this guy, and the Giant and the Giants have done that a few times. Some of those guys have actually get called up, like Brevia. Some we never saw again, right? So, some some got traded, yeah, before we ever saw, them, yeah, which which was a valuable thing. Um, yeah, am, am I excited about it? You're excited. You're gonna go get a Luke Jackson jersey, aren't you? <laughs> Woo, Luke Jackson. Um, no, I'm not excited. <laughs> You know, and and like two years ago, I would have been like, wow, this is just an excellent move by the Giants. They're so smart. Look at this. I mean, they're going to get a great deal on this guy. He's going to come in real cheap. They could they could then flip him by trading him to somebody else or he could end up having a resurgence. You know, a lot of guys come back from Tommy John better than they were when they, you know, when they left. Um, And and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is a Farhan Zaidi special. This is probably Farhan's favorite signing of the year. <laughs> this is probably the one that makes his heart go pity pat, pity pat the fastest. And for that reason, no, I'm not excited about this guy. I agree. It's a really smart signing. It's a smart signing for the guy who's going to pitch in the sixth inning. I mean, like. <sighs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the shine is off, Matthew. I'm just not impressed by these things anymore. So, like, Luke Jackson might be a really great guy, or he might be a really good asset to trade. But, um, I think the only way we get excited about moves like this is if in August we're on pace to win over 100 games. Right? Uh, And And Luke Jackson's a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the Rogers twins got hurt and he came in lights out and was like, you know, and now he's got his own special theme song and the whole stadium is chanting it as he comes in to pitch the eighth <laughs> inning. Like, you know, everybody's like, baby shark. Doo, doo. No, everybody's like, tiki hut, 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 tiki hut, tiki hut, 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 hut. And he comes in like doing some sort of weird dance. That's the only way I get excited about this. I hate this signing. Uh, I hope you do really well, Luke. <laughs> All right, so now we've got on record of how we feel about Luke Jackson. I, on one hand, feel like uh, I'm on a wait-and-see mode, as you should be when you're signing somebody with an injury, not going off the rails like Ben. But, uh, 
you know, we all know that I'm the more level-headed one, and 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 Ben is not. So, how awesome would that be, though? Tiki hut 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 hut. Tiki hut 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 hut. And they it's they'd like have a bar out in center field behind the bullpen called the Tiki Hut, and yeah. uh, and he just like he just like splashes like right into his face with his mouth open, right, yes. and just comes like, and he just tucks chucks a Tiki class to the ground, mm-hmm. and then comes like you know running in. Yep. Giants PR uh, people, if you're listening, yeah, get on this, man, get on this. And uh, and then you know, and then um, and then every time he strikes a guy out, like the stadium, it goes hot, 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 hot. <laughs> you know, and then the fans are all wearing like weird tiki stuff. All right, all right. Well, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be I mean, pretty you're sweet. the only one that wouldn't have to go out and buy that. You've got it in your closet. So. <laughs> all right, oh, all man. right, all right. Well, you know, I. I wish I, I pray for days like those, Matthew. But <laughs> that would be I, fun. I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, I'm not going to hold. Instead, my we're breath. going to get "Don't Stop Believing" in the seventh inning. That's what we're getting. <laughs> oh, that's original. <laughs> All right. So, one uh, going on to our next uh, next thing here. Uh, just a little side bit here. There, Major League dot, or MLB dot com uh, had an mm. article where the author ranked uh, or actually predicted. The World Series uh, winner and over the next uh, ten years over the next ten years, right? And what mm-hmm. was interesting about that, other than that the Dodgers were mentioned early and late in that ten years, was that the Giants were predicted to beat the Yankees in 2025. So that's it, Ben. 25 is our year, man. <laughs> <laughs> Right, twenty twenty five is our year. Yes, yes, because as the as the author, the the guy that knows the Giants so well, uh, said mm-hmm. they're gonna get Juan Soto, and that Juan Soto will will <laughs> put them over the top, and they will win the World Series. He didn't mention this, but I thought it over Aaron Judge's Yankees, uh, and so mm-hmm. um, why not? Why not twenty twenty five, Ben? I mean. Why not? Like no reason why not. Right, you're writing fiction. You might as well just make it up, right? Like that. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure Shohei Otani started two games for the Giants in that World Series too. Yeah, yeah. Games one and one and games five, and they won it in five, right? Yes. Well, you know, articles like this during this time of season <laughs> are are the equivalent of us talking about Gabe Kapler's beard, right? I mean, That's, it is. Yeah. It is. He needed something to write, and he just made this bold predictions. Yeah, um, we we are no longer in the crappy season. We are in like whatever's worse than crap. Yes, there's p- baseball purgatory. This is this is this is the worst time of the year, right? This is when you're writing articles like that. Uh, I mean, look, obviously this stuff is impossible to predict. What I think is very humorous about it is that he thinks the Giants are going to get Juan Soto. Yes, I mean, obviously the man doesn't follow the Giants. I mean, you know. No, he has no idea what's been going on the last five years. He's like, what? He must be one of these writers that does like doesn't even cover a specific team, right? And he writes for MLB.com. I wonder what it means when you write for MLB.com and you're not even assigned to a particular team, right? Yeah. Like we got Maria, right? Yeah. She works for MLB. But Good old she's Maria like Guardado. Yeah. She's she's the Giants beat writer. I wonder if there's like a hierarchy, and I wonder where it, what it means if you write for the you know is that is that higher? It's, I don't think it's higher. No, uh, I don't think it's. Higher. I don't, he's got to come up with some more original content though, obviously, because you know there's 
you know, whereas Maria just writes about what happened to the Giants that week, right? But oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. harder. I mean, I, know, you know, to... I think it's harder, but I don't know that it's higher. Okay. But anyway. All right, all right well. Um, I did I did see that article, though, that you mentioned, but I also saw that he wrote another article about the whole Carlos Correa thing. Same guy. What's his name? like Will Leach or Leitch? Anyway. He also, his take on the whole Carlos Correa thing was is that uh, the Giants came out of that smelling like roses. And That's right. That, he did. Uh, he was the one that wrote that. He's the same guy? Same guy that wrote that? Same, same guy. That the Giants came so out because they were vindicated. He, they were vindicated. They were vindicated, and uh, and I guess fans are going to boo Carlos Correa now. Mets and Giants fans are going to boo Carlos. Correa. Well, of course Correa. they are. I mean, you know. I mean, are they though? Because like Carlos wanted to be a Giant and would have been a Giant. Ben, fans don't care about that. And then he wanted to be a. Fans don't care about that. And then he wanted that. to be. <laughs> they're gonna. Well, okay. I'll, okay, fine. They'll boo Correa, but what they're really doing is they're booing Correa's ankle. <laughs> yes. Well, especially right, those Giants right. that already went out and got Correa jerseys. Right. Uh, oh yeah. well. Okay, they have a right. They have a right. To, they have a right to boo his ankle. Don't they buy jerseys until the physicals pass, folks. All right, pending um, physicals. What I will say is, you know what? This stuff does turn on a dime, and and as much as I am anti-Zaidi right now, and I'm anti-Zaidi because of all the things that they said they were going to do that they haven't done. They were going to build a great minor leagues. Hasn't happened. They were going to sign the key players that they needed to to build around with their young players. Haven't done that. Um, they were going to give us, uh, uh, you know, uh, they were going to build for the future and then they were going to spend money and they were going to act like they were one of the top five organizations in baseball. Haven't done that. That's why I'm anti-Zaidi. What I do like about Zaidi, or what I used to like about him, as he was getting rid of all this excess payroll and trying to build up the minor leagues and failing, was that he was putting a competitive team out on the field, right? Right. And I will say this, like, as dark as these days seem, once we fire Zaidi and get a real GM in the door, rebuilding is not going to be that hard. We are one big signing away, right? And uh, and and I do think that there is hope. And honestly, you know, that in 2025, 2026, you know, the, the minor leagues could be a completely different place. Or I could be completely wrong and Zaid is a genius. I think you're probably somewhere in the middle. And and uh, uh, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> That's the worst answer, Matthew. Well, I'm just being honest. Uh, first of all, I, I think you know the minor league issues. I think have been overblown. Yes, some of their top uh, their top uh, minor leaguers didn't perform the way that they wanted to. Some were injured, that sort of thing. But at the same time, in the Rule Five draft, we lost the whole like Double A uh, Richmond team. You know, so so we can't you know we can't say that our farm system isn't good when every other team wants our guys, right? I mean, literally, they lost like nine guys, like their whole starting team, uh, to, in the Rule Five draft, and so I think that and there's some names coming up in the in the pipeline. Yes, they're not there yet. Yes, they're behind, uh, but I think the the farm system is better than people have been have been been saying, and we'll we'll, we'll probably talk more about that as we. I get into I think it. twenty, I I think twenty twenty three is a big year. For the minor leagues. Yeah. So so first of all, for the Rule 5 draft, just so everybody's clear, there's actually two different Rule 5 drafts. There's the Major League Rule 5 draft where you take a minor leaguer out of somebody else's system and you put him on your 26-man roster and then have to keep him all year or give him back to the team that you got him from. 
But then there's this second Rule 5 draft where you're taking minor leaguers from lower levels and putting them onto different minor league teams from your system. So they go from one minor league team to another. I don't know how that works. It's really hard. I'm sure... I'm sure somebody could tweet it at us, but like it's been really hard for me to find detailed information about that particular draft. Yeah. But that's the draft that Matthew's talking about here. Uh, the Giants had a lot of players taken from that particular draft uh, where they were moved from one minor from the Giants to a different minor league organization. I don't know how that works. I don't know why they're allowed to do that. I don't know what how good it is for the people that are taken. But what matters is it happened. And so it is a good indication that the Giants had a lot of guys that were um, desired by other people. Yeah. So so that is a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we need to move on. But uh, because we wanted to talk about the pitching and, and we're getting towards the end here. Uh, but I, I and I do want to talk about the pitching here because we got a lot of them. Let, let me. Yes, this is my question. Let me let me name off all of the starting pitching candidates for the coming year that are currently on the roster: Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, Anthony DiSclefani, Alex Wood, Jacob Junis, and rising prospect Kyle Harrison, and Ben Henry, and Ben Henry. So that's nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you include Ben Henry, otherwise it's eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I can make this. I can make this real easy. Okay, cut Ben Henry. Cut Ben Henry. Yes. Okay. So now we're down to eight. All right. I like that. You would be a great GM, uh, and and so so. Uh, I know we talked a little about this before. Kyle Harrison is not even on the forty man, so we can actually remove him from the conversation right now. Even though Farhan said that we should expect to see him early in the twenty twenty three season, but as Far- we've Farhan said a Farhan lot, Farhan said a yeah. lot. As, as as those words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, well, that's that's BS. I, I shouldn't even. I don't even know why I'm saying this, uh, <laughs> because you know what he says and what he does, we know are two different things. So forget that. Kyle, Kyle Harrison will spend the entire year in AAA. Uh, because he's got, he's not even on the 40 band. They don't have to rush him. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. What was I thinking, Ben? I don't know. What were you thinking? You were thinking that a man would say something and believe it. Yes. And I was thinking, hey, here's a great prospect that we could get excited about. But, uh, you know, silly me. <laughs> silly me. You know, um, okay. So that's okay. So Harrison. So we got seven guys. Now, obviously, uh, no, Harrison is part of the equation. He has to be. Like, right. he has to be. Okay, so so he is part of the equation, but what you're saying is he's not on the forty man roster. Uh, so so uh, as long as you keep him off the forty man roster, he doesn't create roster crunch complications for you. Correct. But the other seven do, because you know traditionally you have five of these guys, and the Giants are coming out of the gate with seven, and only one of them has a minor league option, and that's the best guy of the bunch. You know, so it's Logan Webb. So so you're not going to he, he's not going to be sent to the minors. Right. Right. So you got these seven guys who are all starting pitchers on the 40 man roster and none of them are going to spend any time in the minor leagues. How does this work? Well, how it works is you're going to put some in the bullpen and and or trade them. Right. And so mm-hmm. uh, but the way it stands now, like if, if you look at our uh, so the Giants will carry 13 pitchers. They, they always do. Uh, you can carry more or less. Well, yeah, I don't know if you carry less. I think you have to carry 13 pitchers. So, uh, yeah, 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 I'm shrugging. I, I'm pretty sure it's 13 pitchers. They will carry. Uh, so you th- you have the seven starters that I mentioned, minus Kyle Harrison, seven on the 40-man. 
And then you've got, for relievers, you got Camilo Duvall, Taylor and Tyler Rogers, John Brebbia, Scott Alexander, and Sam, don't call me Sammy Long. Right? And so that's actually, you add those together and that's 13. Uh, so... And, and the only other person right now that would probably warrant a conversation of being in the bullpen would be Luke Jackson, who we just talked about, but he's not going to start the season. He's going to be, you know, on the IL. So, so we could start the season tomorrow with those guys that I just mentioned and guys like Alex Wood or Anthony DeSclafani and Jacob Junis would be pitching out of the bullpen. And and I think there's a good chance that we see like Wood and Junis out of the bullpen, or Junis and Desclafani out of the bullpen uh, going into the the season. Um, having said that, you know it's still we still got a couple months, you know, so uh, things could change. But that's where we're at right now. So they actually the, it, it works the other way around, Matthew. You don't have a you don't have a, a minimum. You have a limit. So the Giants can only carry 13 pitchers. Got it. Okay. I knew there was 13 was so, the number. but uh, Well, that's 14. We got 14 dudes. Not counting Kyle Harrison. I'm not terrible at math, so I'm doing the math right now. Well, let me. I'll just count them here for you. Well, so 14 including Luke Jackson, though. So Luke Jackson, though, would be, is still injured. So we're not, he's not going to start the season. You're right. Okay. So, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, I think, I think yes, the Giants might be looking to make in- incremental improvements and creating roster crunch. And, and they, certainly, they certainly will sign guys to minor league contracts and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and those guys, I mean, those guys don't really cause a problem because, because they typically stay with the team until like 30 days into the major league season, at which point they can opt out. Um, but it only becomes a problem if, if they're really good. Um, well, they signed yeah. into a minor league contract. They're not even on the 40-man. Uh, they wouldn't go on unless one of the relievers gets seriously injured and has to get put on the 60-day IL uh, because then you get removed from the 40-man and creates a spot. So um, so that's – that's, but that's speculation. Right now, what we know is that these are the guys that would open up the season. And and the only real big newcomer is Taylor Rogers. Uh I think uh, Scott Alexander was a late addition last year and pitched really well. Uh, so you know, o- over if he was to pitch for us over a season, then uh, possibly that could be a game changer for for the Giants as well. Uh, but you really, what what the Taylor Rogers addition does is it pushes everybody down into less important roles, um, and so that's definitely a way that they could improve the bullpen. Uh, and then you got guys like Junis and let's say Alex Wood is in the bullpen. Those guys can pitch uh, longer innings. They could do spot starts. Um, they could they they could do a lot of different things out of the bullpen that way. So not a terrible idea. I just uh, it it tells me that either they're going to trade one of their starters for something else, or they're okay with just having this this extra depth that's going to have to be in the bullpen because none of those guys in the starting rotation have options and can be sent down. So they're they're going to be on the midst opening day roster or traded one or the other, and uh, it just. It's kind of kind of confusing and a little like you know you know you've gone from having a set five to now all of a sudden having a lot of options and it'll just be um, it'll be interesting to find out how that all shakes out. Well, I think this is just this is Farhan Zaidi 
doing it the Farhan Zaidi way. And and I don't honestly be- know that it's wrong. I know it that the pitchers won't like it. Right. But you can never have too much pitching. You can never have too much starting pitching. And and so Right. So yeah, I don't the, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh but you're right. Like is Alex Woods going to love well, to be coming out it, of the bullpen? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, my question is is it a bad thing going into the season? Right? If you're if you're if your roster still looks like this on opening day, is it a bad thing? And and I think if the pitchers aren't on board, it could be a little bit. You know, I, I think especially if they start doing relieving all the time, then they're not ready to start. And you got to just hold this thing where they're going to lengthen the mount and yada, yada, yada. So it's it, it makes a difference, right? You can't just, I mean, you can have swing men, but like if you're going to have a guy do short innings, right? It, it's a different kind of um, situation when you want them to go back to starting. Um I do think it, it brings up a lot of questions. I like the depth that it gives them at the starting position, right? What I what I don't like is that these guys all have to be on the major league roster. Mm-hmm. And, and so I like the fact that they have a lot of depth. But really, when you look at like minor league depth that they have, it's really just Kyle Harrison at this point. Right. And, and maybe they'll go out and they'll pick up a few other guys who are like guys that will sit in the minors and but still be starting, you know, starting pitcher potential in case you, you need that extra depth, which is, which is nice to have. Well, and, and, and quite frankly, I think this is the right time of the season to get those guys. Yeah. But I mean, they still have Sean Jelly, too, who's, you know, in Triple in A. And right. so, you know, he gave us a few uh, good uh, spot starts uh, in the end of the of last season. Um yeah, the one reliever that stands out to me that probably that could be not on the opening door roster would be Sam Long, uh, mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. Is he's been traditionally been a longer relief guy, and that's kind of what Junis slash Wood would kind of slide into. The other thing is that um, surprisingly, I, I, Sam Long, according to Fangraphs, still has an option left. Uh, so wow. So that would be um, obviously uh, really valuable for the Giants, where so they could just send Sam Long down to start the season. I mean, I'm looking at this now. I feel like they need to add more people at uh, at relievers. They need to do, I mean, not maybe necessarily a signing by Luke Jackson, but I think they definitely need to just add more here, more, more possibilities, more people to look at, more people maybe on minor league contracts. I don't, like, I really like the back end of this, but I, I can see how some of our listeners really don't, right? Like, I know you, you... And Tyler Rogers are not on good terms. I, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Tyler Rogers because the logical side of my brain says he's a good pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the stats prove it. I mean, he's uh, you know his hard-hit contact rate, all those sort of things um, point to him being a quality pitcher. What I don't like about him is that when he's put in high-leverage situations. He has to rely on solid defense behind him to get out of an inning. He can't strike guys out like Duvall can and things like that. And that has what's plagued him over the last year. And yeah. and it's frustrating. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I acknowledge he's a good pitcher and he's got great numbers over the course of a year. But I just, if, if, I'm, if I'm constructing a team and I have a choice between someone like Rogers and someone like, you know, Duvall, of course, I'm not somebody who can strike people out. And having said yeah. that, I know that that's a, that's like, oh, I wish for a million dollars. You know, it just, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a tough wish, you know? And, oh, you like this Camilo Duvall yeah, guy, Let's do just you? duplicate him, right? You know, I, you know, so 
you know, Tyler Rogers is a good pitcher, and he's got his his space. His and maybe getting his brother in here pushes him down into less high leverage situations, and and maybe that will you know help solve some of those problems. Yeah, I I really like Tyler. I I, I think there's always this concern: is the league going to catch up to him? I don't think so. I don't think the league is ever going to connect catch up to him because he's so weird looking. Yeah. You know, and in fact, he's going to play less against everybody now because of the new schedule, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. so even NL West player teams are not going to see him as often. I do I have a question though because it seems to me like Farhan is trying to build a roster where defense is an afterthought or at least it's like the least important thing. Yeah, well, that's what he's right. done the last few years. But then he likes these pitchers who who do weak contact and and are not strikeout guys because they're cheap, right? He likes them because they're cheap, and and it's kind of a money ball play, right? You go get these pitchers who don't strike guys out, but they have weak contact, they have low velo on their batted balls in play, but then you couple that with a weak defense. Is there a disconnect here? Is Farhan an idiot? Because I think yes. <laughs> well, certainly there's a disconnect. Correct. And but I, you know, it goes back to me wanting that extra strikeout. I mean, you can't always every position going to be a high end. I mean, you, you know, defensive player. You've got to sometimes weigh the value of an offense. You know, offensive output versus defensive output. And clearly, they've put an emphasis on on offense uh, over the last few years. And and it you know in 2021. It worked, right? I mean, you know, for whatever reason, maybe balls were hit right at guys, or maybe they just had, uh, I don't know, luck or not, they played better defense than they did last year. So, I, I, you know, I think that there's, there's a, yes, having ground ball pitchers does present a problem when you have guys that can't feel ground balls. Uh, but we've gotten rid of La Stella. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're counting on Casey Schmidt at some point coming up and playing third base, who is an excellent defender. You know, maybe they're looking in-house rather than going out and, and trying to find it. Although, uh, I think another, as we mentioned last week, a middle infielder that can play defense wouldn't be a bad, a bad, uh, get. So, um, so that's kind of where we're at, but yeah, it all kind of plays together, right? I mean, the pitching staff is only as good, especially when you ha- have pitchers that, that, that pitch ground balls, uh, as the their defense is and uh so they do play together and and yeah the giants haven't exactly lined those up as as well as you would like right well i think rod i think taylor is a good addition because he is not like his brother at all right right and he's better looking too (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) the look on your face yeah listeners you can't see the look i mean it was kind of those like his brain like crunched a little bit and he was like Just a joke, man. Just a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, and, and then I, I will say this. I think the defense is better than it was when the season ended. Third, third base, I'm not 100% sure about because Longoria was pretty good. But but Longoria was hurt a lot and didn't play every day. Yeah. So I think the, I think this, the defense that we're going to go into the season with now is better than the defense that we ended with last year. I don't know that it's better than the defense we had on paper at the beginning when Duggar and Dubon were part of the equation. Mm-hmm. But yes, everybody did underplay last year on defense for sure. So, so you know, I, I don't know. I'm very curious. I, I look at this bullpen and and I think I think there's work to be done. I and I'm also very worried about the fact that they it looks like they have a lot of starting pitching depth, 
But how much of that depth is actually real and usable? Because everybody has to be on the... Well, so many of them have to be on the major league roster. As you say, maybe they'll trade some of those guys to turn some of those... Or t somehow transition some of those starters into relievers. I think it's still a work in progress. But quite honestly, I think on the, the bullpen, there's a good core there. Yeah. And I, and I like a lot of the names on the... Uh, on the starting side, I wish there was a Carlos Rodon in there. Right. Well, maybe that's a Kyle Harrison. You know, uh, and I know it's a lot maybe. to put on a, a rookie, but you know, by all you know, his strikeout rates, all that in the minors have been top notch, and you know that. Uh, Kyle, you've all we got. Yeah, you're all we got. I'm sorry <laughs> about the pressure, man. I'm sorry about the pressure. Please Enjoy be good. the money. Please be good. Please be good. Uh, all right. Well, we are getting to the end here. We're uh, getting a little long, so we should wrap this up. Uh, Bob, tell them where they can find us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And Mastodon, Bob. You keep forgetting that. And Mastodon at Giant Cocktails. You can find us there. Find us on Twitter. Uh, we put up our recipes. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, so give us a follow. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe and do all that. Uh, and leave us a review if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we've gotten so many great list new listeners the last uh, few months and love to hear what you think. Uh, please. Um, Please, please uh, let me know. And Ben, I, I got to give him credit here, just reminded me that we, we, we didn't do the trivia answer. I was going to close this out, and you were never going to know who was traded for Jeff Kent. <laughs> so I did it. Ben did it. Ben, thanks, man. All right. So we did it, Reddit. Before we close this out, Ben, let's, let's revisit the trivia question. Who did the Giants trade to acquire Jeff Kent and three other players from the Cleveland Indians before the 1997 season? They traded my all-time favorite San Francisco Giant, Matt Williams, to the Cleveland Indians, who he helped take to the World Series, which I believe they lost. I don't know how many games they lost it in, but um, and he played one season for Cleveland before Cleveland traded him to Arizona at his request. That is right. So Matt Williams and Jeff Kent are tied together two of the from one generation to another of giant greats and uh yeah i had actually like i said had kind of forgotten yeah. that little did i really wanted to hate that trade it's it's hard to hate that trade it is it is hard to trade that yeah way. all right well ben it was uh it was great chatting with you for another week and until next week uh we'll uh we'll have a good one so cheers my friend cheers matthew bye everybody bye Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.